0: Gamecock Central Radio, welcome in once again, Emerson Phillips, with our columnist Scott Davis. Scott, you know, I find myself every week now wondering what you're going to write about in a fantastic column this week. The headline is Knockout in Knoxville. It's up on gamecockcentral.com. What a ball game this weekend, Scott.
1: Thank you, sir. Yes, woke up to a beautiful fall morning here in Atlanta, Georgia. It feels like autumn for the first time this year and uh Uh, One of those days where you think to yourself, "Man, it's just a good day to be alive." And uh, another reason to feel that way is that your football team just beat Tennessee for the second consecutive year. Will Muschamp now six and zero against the Volunteers as a head coach, and I gotta tell you, I like having a head coach who has made it his mission in life to own the Tennessee Volunteers.
0: Scott, you got right into game balls and deflators this week. You know, not not really much of a column so much as uh, game balls and deflators. Eleven game balls this week and seven <laughs> deflators, so it wasn't all good.
1: Yeah, it was uh, one of the craziest games I can remember watching, and I just felt completely exhausted when it was over, as I'm sure just about every Gamecock fan did. Uh, One of those games with a lot of twists and turns. There were a lot of things that did not go well for South Carolina, quite frankly, during this game. They struggled to do much of anything on offense against the Tennessee defense. It's not very good. Um, They had some calls, lots of calls, in fact, go against them. Um, And that Tennessee uh, crowd, i got to give them credit for it. A team coming off a absolutely demoralizing loss to Georgia, um, a couple of weeks ago. They really showed up and they were ready for, um, South Carolina, Tennessee. And, uh, it was a tough environment, but the Gamecocks somehow weathered the storm, and at the end of the day, they're 5-2. and two.
0: So much to talk about from this Carolina victory over Tennessee on Saturday. Knockout in Knoxville is Scott Davis's column that's up on Gamecock Central right now. We do hope you'll check that out. Scott, uh, 11 game balls this week, and, and you started in the right place, brother. You started with the defense. DJ Wanham, seven sacks for the Gamecock defense. All three got a game ball.
1: You know, I, I'm sure it's happened in my lifetime, but I just can't remember – seeing a Gamecock defense compile seven sacks in a single game. that That's just a stunning total. They've been a unit that, you know, historically over the years has been criticized for not getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And, um, you know, they did uh, face a running quarterback in Jared Chino making his first start for Tennessee. But, um, you know, they, they were able to contain him for the most part. He ran around and made some plays in the first half, as we knew he would. But uh, in general, they were really getting into the backfield, something they have been doing a lot in 2017. And D.J. won you know, another huge game for him. He was named the SEC lineman of the week coming into this game. He backed that up by looking absolutely awesome on Saturday. Six tackles, a couple sacks. He's really making some noise right now, and so is that entire defense.
0: Scott, like a lot of us, you watch the game on ESPN. And your wife gets a game ball this week. For her, astute observation about ESPN announcer Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> Tough day
1: for Tommy Tuberville. That was my first experience watching him call a South Carolina game. I did watch him call a Georgia game early in the season and noticed that Georgia fans on social media seemed to be outraged by his performance. <laughs> so I was primed to, you know, see what he uh, brought to the table as an announcer and Mainly, what he brings to the table is criticizing every single thing that both teams are doing. And, um, you know, it, it was one of those kinds of uh, announcing performances where it reminded me a little bit, and I've written about this before because, as, as you know, we've talked about it a lot. I talk about announcers a lot in my column because that's the way most people, um, watch games in 2017. But it reminded me a lot of, the way Tim McCarver used to drive Major League Baseball fans crazy because there was just a, a know-it-all kind of vibe from him, and that's what it seemed to be that we were getting from Tuberville on Saturday.
0: Scott, I contemplated the last two weeks before we opened the podcast today, and I was sitting here this morning thinking about uh, you know the aftermath of the Texas A&M game, and your column that week was you had no answers, you know, the Gamecocks mm-hmm. – kind of floundered in the second half of that game, and were in position to win but couldn't close the deal. So, you know, not really feeling good about the football team. Muschamp said that not much pleased him about the Gamecocks after that Texas A&M game. And in the last two weeks, the Gamecocks have routed Arkansas and turned in a stellar defensive performance, albeit against a Tennessee offense that struggled this year. But nevertheless, when you consider all the injuries the Gamecocks have had this year, 5-2 and two going into the bye week feels pretty daggum good.
1: There's no doubt about it. I think 5-2, and two, you know, they You'd said that at the beginning of the year. That's one of the great cliches of being a sports fan, which is, you know, if you told me at the beginning of the year we'd be five and two, I would have taken it. But I would have. And they had a pretty tough slate to open the season. They had a neutral site game against NC State in the state of North Carolina, a game that now is looming as a genuinely big win for South Carolina. NC State is six and one. The one loss is to South Carolina, and then after that, they had to go on the road against Missouri, a team that they've had some kind of up-and-down games against over the last couple of years. So that was a tough way to start the season, and then you had uh, Tennessee on the road before the bye week, um, and you're beat up. You got injuries piling up everywhere, and Tennessee absolutely had to have that game. Make no mistake about it, they they desperately wanted to win on Saturday and and did everything they could to to get it done. And South Carolina denied them. And you got to feel good about it. Five and two. There's still a really good chance to make something genuinely special out of this season.
0: NC State has not lost since the Gamecocks beat them in Charlotte in the opener. They're in the top twenty in the country right now, and the Volunteers are now 0-3 in SEC play after South Carolina's 15-9 victory in Knoxville on Saturday. Gamecock Central Radio, Emerson Phillips with Scott Davis. Knockout in Knoxville is Scott's headline this week. The column is up on GamecockCentral.com. We want you to check it out, and we hope you'll download the Gamecock Central Radio app. You've heard about the new phone app that we've got. It allows you to listen to our podcast on your cell phone or mobile device. You can get the app for free on the App Store and on Google Play. We also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. Search for Gamecock Central Radio on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other popular services, or just visit radio.gamecockcentral.com. And be sure to take advantage of the Gamecock Central hotline. We've set up this new phone number that allows you to call in and take part in our podcast. You can call the number. It's 803-497-9058. 497-9058 is that number again. Call in. Leave us a voice message. If you have a question about an upcoming opponent or about the Gamecock team, you can leave a voice message with your question on the GC hotline, and Chris Clark and Wes Mitchell will answer your questions on each Saturday's Game Day podcast. So, Scott, game balls all around, but some deflators as well. And rather than get into all the game balls, you got 11 of them this week. We kind of touch on the highlights here in the podcast, and the bye week coming at just the right time gets a game ball as well.
1: Yeah, there's no question. I mean, it's. South Carolina has really, really been hit hard by injuries this year. I think everybody that watches this team knows that. And as I pointed out in the column, lately, for whatever reason, when they lose people, it's, it's not uh, a walk-on that you've never heard of. It's, it's somebody who's absolutely critical to this football team. And thus far, those names this year include Debo Samuel, Bryson Allen Williams, Casey Crosby, and now Rico Dowdle after the Tennessee game going out with a fractured fibula, it's just stunning to see this happen again and again. And we're not talking about guys being out for a week or two with hamstrings in the most most of these cases. It's pretty much the entire season. We're still waiting to see if Debo Samuel can come back and do something in two thousand seventeen. But if he doesn't, I don't think anybody'd be shocked by that. So it's the fact again, talking about all of those things being considered that they're 5-2 and two right now with a fairly rugged schedule early on is a really huge achievement for them, and that's why I think so many Gamecock fans feel good about where we are right now.
0: Yep. Fractured Fibulous gets a deflated ball this week. Three Gamecocks have suffered that same injury now. Debo Samuel, Casey Crosby, and now Rico Dowdle. And we're awaiting information on Rico, but it looks like he'll probably be lost for the season. So, very frustrating uh the the broken fibula situation. You hate it for these kids, Scott and their families. You know, these kids mm-hmm. put in a lot of work in the off season and, and they wait all year to be able to play these games and to have the season in that way is very frustrating. It is.
1: It's just you know, as as we talk about the deflated balls part of the column this week. For a game in which South Carolina won on the road in Knoxville, something they don't do very often by the way. It it was a game that didn't feel, you know, super joyous you had that rico daddle injury as we're talking about and then there were so many things happening in that game that just made it difficult to watch as a gamecock fan the officiating was all over the place we'll just leave it at that and then at the end of the game tennessee somehow or another (laughs) was able to run what as i wrote, wrote in the column seemed like a thousand plays there with Eight or nine seconds left, you know, South Carolina clinging to life. It was the exact same scenario that we saw in the NC State game, which you and I talked about being so exhilarating but also so exhausting. And uh, I wasn't quite ready to get back into that kind of environment yet again just a few weeks later. And so I don't know what was happening there at the end of the game. I've, I've been watching college football for decades at this point. I've never seen somebody be able to run three plays in the space of nine or ten seconds like Tennessee did there at the end of the game. But uh, it was just a very, very strange game, and that's why you came away from it feeling very excited, but also like you just <laughs> been through a, an absolute meat grinder.
0: Scott writes that at the end of the game he thought – Peyton Manning was running the clock up there at Neyland Stadium (laughs) all Saturday. Scott, I'm like you, you know, when that last – the next-to-last play, when it ended, there was one second left on the clock. I thought it could have hit all zeros there, but the clock operator made sure that it did not. Tennessee Mm -hmm. got one more play, but the Gamecocks turned them away again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think the fact that they did that, despite all the adversity that they had in this game, you know, it was clear the calls weren't going in their favor. And then it became very clear that the clock operator was not their friend either. And the fact that they still kept denying Tennessee, you know, this would have been a a genuinely agonizing loss if Tennessee converts one of those plays there at the end of the game with less than 10 seconds left to go. It just would have been devastating. And so South Carolina, the fact that they were able to deny that over and over and over again, even when they shouldn't have had to do so, Uh, really speaks volumes for who they are right now and their mentality on defense. Traveris Robinson and, of course, Will Muschamp have really made that unit a a pretty bloodthirsty uh, group to go against right now. And I feel good when they're on the field, and that's just not something we've said about... South Carolina on defense in a while now.
0: The officiating crew gets a deflated ball this week as well. Scott, you felt like at one point you saw a uh, UT logo on the cheek of one of the referees (laughs) on Saturday?
1: It it sure seems like it. I mean, you know, the game starts off with a pass interference call against Tennessee that they then picked up, which was stunning because the replays showed clearly that it was indeed pass interference. You know, the ball was ruled to be uncatchable except for the fact that it was in bounds when it landed. And uh the reason it was uncatchable is that <laughs> South Carolina receiver was held repeatedly uh as he attempted to reach for the football, and that kind of set the tone, and from there it was all downhill. It just seemed like every single time South Carolina made a play, something would happen, and you find yourself being flagged for something or But Tennessee was not being flagged for something that there seemed to be, to me, who I admit am a very biased fan, but a lot of holding penalties that could have been caught on Tennessee that when they were on offense that were not. And then, of course, you had a play where a South Carolina player is flagged for playing without his helmet. Something that drew the ire of Will Muschamp after the game.
0: Tennessee fans and players get a deflator this week as well. Scott, I thought this was very appropriate. A Tennessee receiver that had only two catches all year, kind of called out uh, Rashad Fenton on Twitter this week, and Tennessee fans saying some things on in social media and whatnot. Uh, you know, kind of disparaging the Gamecocks going into the game, and I appreciate the fact that you pointed out the one UT fan that posted the video of the Marcus Lattimore injury several years ago that happened against Tennessee, and uh, I saw that on Twitter, Scott. There's bad Mm -hmm. apples in every crowd, so this is not necessarily representative of the entire Tennessee fan base, but I happened to see that tweet that you're talking about, and there was a Tennessee fan yucking it up over Lattimore's season-ending injury that Tennessee gave him a few years ago.
1: Just unbelievable, Emerson, for for a Tennessee team entering this game with the back-to-back losses that they've suffered. They had a, a absolutely agonizing loss to Florida, in which they lose on the last play of the game on a hail mary. Come home and play Georgia and get absolutely drilled to the tune of forty-one to nothing. Fan base is in turmoil, wants to fire Butch Jones, and the way they respond to that is by taunting South Carolina's players and fans all week. That was a very, very strange way to approach this game, and that's why I felt extremely good after this win. I I just, like I said in the column, that's an absolute clinic on how not to act as a fan or as a program, and I think it really sums up just about everything about where Tennessee is right now and why their program is in turmoil. You just can't do that. That's not the time to do it. I love trash talk and good-natured taunting with the best of them, but, you know, enjoying somebody's career-ending injury, which is a tweet that made the rounds pretty much everywhere this week on Twitter if you follow anyone related to South Carolina football, that that is a, a very strange decision, as is the decision by a Tennessee receiver to uh, openly call out one of the best cornerbacks in the SEC when he entered the game with just two catches for the season. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't do much of anything in this game either, and uh, so Tennessee just that 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 was a very weird way to approach this week. I know they were trying to fire themselves up, but. It worked against them, and it should
0: have. Yep, Gamecocks get the last laugh, and Tennessee is now the laughing stock of the SEC East. Knockout in Knoxville, Scott Davis's column this week on Gamecock Central. It's up on the site right now. We hope you'll give it a read. 11 Debo Samuel large pepperoni pizza game balls in this week's column and seven deflated balls. So plenty to read about. Scott, we appreciate your time. Thanks very much.
1: Always a pleasure to talk to you next week, Emerson. All right,
0: our pleasure. Scott Davis, our columnist, and I'm Emerson Phillips. Thanks for joining us on Gamecock Central Radio.